You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. With Shopify POS, you can accept credit cards, mobile payments, and every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing, starting on day one. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mlbpodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mlbpodcast to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash mlbpodcast. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. For the line, she is gone. Aaron Judge, line one right down the line. Swung on and line to right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third, scoring Connor from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, everybody. We're back. It's the Bomber Brothers podcast brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. We're here twice a week after every series. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Sean, we're talking about another series win here on episode seven. And a little bit different of a manner of winning a series than last time. Here we were just a few days ago talking about how historic the Yankees rotation is. And there I was pulling out stats and comparing them to the 71 Orioles and the 2011 Phillies. And now three days later on a night after on a morning after Garrett Cole gave up five home runs, we're still talking about a Yankee win, but definitely not because of the rotation this time. Hey, they're getting it done in a lot of different ways now. And, uh, you know, the Yankees put up uh, 10 runs in, in two of the three games and, and win those two of three. And and we are talking about a series win against the division winner in a completely different way than we expected it to happen. Um, I'm I, I, I was really surprised with um, how much we'll call it Yankee Twitter was was freaking out and saying the rotation was overrated. Like after three bad games, I think uh, Minnesota and we'll get into it. Minnesota is a really good hitting team. But I mean, my overall impression of the series is that this just shows that the Yankees can beat you in so many different ways that even if you stop them in, in, in one way by by hitting, you know, their starting pitching, which has been excellent, except for this series, um, that they can they can outslug you. Um, given the opportunity and, and for as bad as, as the rotation was, I think we also should give credit to the, to the bullpen because in the first game where the Yankees gave up, uh, you know, four runs in the first five innings and in the, 
you know, they, they gave up seven runs in the first three in the last game. After that, the Yankees blanked them, and that allowed the Yankees in the first game to tack on and kind of expand that lead. And in the second game, the second win uh, last night to have a great comeback. So um, the bullpen and the lineup picked up the rotation this series. Absolutely. The uh, two arms that I had circled were Wandy Peralta and Lucas Lickie. I think Lickie was arguably the MVP of last night's win. He put in two and a third shutout innings when after Cole was absolutely terrible and just did not have it. And that's pretty much what he said after the game too. He, so it's just like, look, everything I was locating was over the middle of the plate and they made me pay for it because the twins, like you said, they are a first place team. They are a good hitting lineup. They are definitely in first place because of their offense. And you saw Gio Urshela had a couple multi-hit games. He's turned it on a lot lately. And then that's not even talking about the top of the lineup where they have one of the best hitters in baseball in Buxton. Obviously, Correa is always a threat. So the Twins have good hitters. And sure, you can say, oh, now that the Yankees have faced a really good lineup, their latest turn through the rotation was bad. And like you said about the Twitter reactions, and well, the Yankees have also faced the Blue Jays and even the Angels just a few days ago you know, a few days ago, and I don't care about the Angels losing streak. They still have Otani, Ward, Trout. Like, that's still a really good lineup. So the Yankees have already proven that this Yankees rotation has already proven they can get it done against some of the top lineups in the league. So I'm I'm not really concerned. I think we've seen this from Cole every now and then, where sometimes everything is just leaking over the middle of the plate. As for Cortez in game one, and he looked great through three innings. And I think that first misplayed ball by Stanton in right field kind of maybe knocked him off his off his course a little bit. And look, he was he was due for something like this, and he had to grind it out for a few innings. Again, wasn't helped that much by Stanton, but sometimes you just don't have your best stuff. I I I'm gonna disagree with you there. I, I thought that in that middle game that it was apparent in the third inning that Nestor was not going to have a vintage Nestor day. He gave up some hard contact, which did result in outs. And then in the fourth inning, I think it was a combination of things. It was one of those things where his defense could have bailed him out, but also he wasn't getting a lot of swings and misses. Um, The twins were hitting a lot of hard hit balls uh, against him. And even when he got the two strikes, he wasn't able to put guys away. I, I thought he was definitely less effective um, in that, in that middle game, leaving some, leaving some pitches up, uh, out over the plate, but either way, yeah, it happens. His, you know, he, he his ERAs balloons up to 1.96. And I mean, we've seen him have starts where he struggled a little bit, not this much, but he seems to always bounce back after that. So again, uh, you know, great hitting team. And I think that the twins in the American league had the, the second best offense, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they were, they were really good. Um, and they really made the Yankee starters pay this series, but the Yankees, except for the middle game, were able to, to overcome that. Yeah. And, and like you said about Nestor, of, of course, of course he didn't have his, his best stuff. I definitely would agree with that but he I, we've also seen times this season where he didn't have his best stuff and he still grinded through some solid starts you know there was that stretch of two starts at the end of April beginning of May where he clearly didn't have his best stuff against the Royals but he still grinded through and allowed one earned run over five innings even though he gave up 
eight hits in his next start against Toronto, a really good lineup. He had to grind through four innings and pitch around four walks, but he still only gave up two runs. So I think sometimes, sometimes this season we have seen Cortez, which is part of what we love so much about him. And sometimes he doesn't have his best stuff and he's still able to grind through a solid outing. I think just this time, like you said, against a really good twins lineup, they were able to make him make him pay a little bit more amid an adventure for Stanton in, in right field, which did you, did you see, uh, you know, they, they asked Boone about Stan in, in uh, right field after the game. And he said it might've been a, a quote unquote time of night thing, which I don't know what that means really. Like if it's nighttime and it's blackout, what does it matter? What, <laughs> what time at night is like, you're still looking into the lights. I'm not I, sure what that was. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like, you know how the sky will look a little bit grayish, like right before it gets dark. Maybe he lost the ball in the yeah, but, but in the twilight. The, <laughs> not not that, you know, it wasn't pitch black enough to pick up the ball. I, I don't I don't know. I but mean like two or the two of those misplays were in the sixth inning. I mean it had to be dark, but it had to be dark by then. That that's right out of uh, the natural when the guy says he lost the ball in the sun and it was completely overcast out. Matters <laughs> was blinding. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, look, the, uh, the first two games, especially the Yankees were on defense were not good. Um, the, the first game was a super sloppy game, but, and this is what I really like about the, like the first game I think is exactly what I really like about the team this year. They played poorly. They played very sloppy. They gave up 12 hits to the twins. So the twins had traffic all, all game pretty much. And the Yankees still found a way to win. Like Rizzo, like, I feel like last year's team, you get in a game like that and you're waiting for them to blow the lead. This year, I feel like I'm waiting for Rizzo to hit that big three-run homer. That's like, okay, breathe, you know? And and, and that's what I really am excited about with, with the Yankees this year is that they find ways to pull away in games that they should win. They find ways to hold teams down and then come back in, in games where where they – and that hasn't happened a lot where, where, they're, where they're trailing – uh, this team shows a lot of fight and they, you know, especially yesterday, like, I mean, I honestly was, you know, like I'm, I'm not the biggest Cole fan. I don't, uh, I don't think he's bad or anything, but I just, he's not my cup of tea. I'll say like peak. And I was kind of like, Oh dude, come on. Like they, they needed you. You give up three home runs to start the game, like coming off a loss. Like that's, you know, that that's not really what you want out of your ace. It happens. I mean, but that's just me you have as a fan having an emotional reaction. And you could definitely say like the team would, you know, you're down seven, three and you could, the team's like, all right, whatever. It's not our night. We're going to pack it up. We're going to go beat up on the Cubs this weekend, but this team doesn't do that. They still have really good at bats. I mean, you, you know, you like, they're not going to give up, but you also see the dedication in every at bat to kind of get back in the game and, and kind of grind the the twins pitching down. And they, and they do that. They don't move on. They're like, no, we, we could still win this. And that's what makes this team super duper fun and really like in, super enjoyable to watch every night. Like, I mean, I'm really excited about about this season, and this series is exactly why. Because it's we've seen the Yankee teams in the past, uh, specifically like 2018, 2020, where they get rolling and they look unstoppable. But whenever they have a little adversity in those seasons, you can see like they don't know how to get it done a different way when they don't have Judge and, and Stanton just carrying the load. But um, this team can do that, and that's really exciting. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, the like you said, defense looked looked bad early on in the series. The pitching, the starting pitching looked rough throughout the series. Uh, I think that came to a climax last night with with Cole. It, it doesn't get much more ineffective than that. But like you said, the Yankees kept fighting. They outscored the Twins seven nothing from the fourth inning on. I mean, it, actually, it's kind of crazy how the Twins jump ahead to the to this big lead. And then by the later innings, it almost seems like the Yankees are just like in a comfortable in a comfortable lead because you know they have this great back of the bullpen with Clay Holmes, who I think is on the Yankees' best scoreless streak ever since Mariano in 1999, which is just insane. Um, but yeah, and, and then the lineup just starts pounding away again. I mean, Lemayhu, Rizzo, Donaldson, Torres, Hicks, all of them, and Gallo, all of them multi-hit games last night. I mean, everybody homer game for Gallo. Yep. Yep. We'll get, we'll get to him in a little bit. Cause he seems to be coming alive a little bit, but uh, that's just, that's the whole lineup right there contributing. I mean, uh, let's see. Connor Falefa, the only one with, with a, a hitless night in the starting lineup last night. So that's, that's very encouraging. And the Yankees, like you said, they have the best rotation ERA in the league, but sometimes they're not going to have it. And this is exactly what you want to see come, come playoff time. Because, you know, when you get into the playoffs and parity takes over and you get into a short series, sometimes your best pitchers don't have it. And the Yankees have proven that even if that's the case, they have plenty of other weapons that could grind out a win. And, you know, because if when you get into the playoffs, you get into an LDS series. If you just have a couple rough nights in one aspect of your team, your season could be over. So the Yankees are showing that even if one part of the engine isn't working, the other ones can thrive. And yesterday it was the lineup and the bullpen. And it was also the lineup in, in game one, two, two 10 run games in this series. In game one, they did it in a very familiar way, getting started with Judge and Stan just hitting absolute towering home runs, which I think is when the Yankees are at their most entertaining when those two are, are really going off. But then last night, they had a complete balanced effort, some surprise bats leading the way like Gallo. So it's, uh, you know, maybe it's just a series against the Twins that gets a lot of these bats going. Sometimes that's all it takes. I, I mean, the, the Twins just... I since 2002 the Yankees are 100 and this is from New York Yankee stats on Twitter the Yankees are 111 111 and th- wins and 39 losses against the Twins including the postseason that and that's not like the Yankees beating up on a team that's been habitually bad the Twins have made the playoffs off the top of my head I think at least six times in that span and been and bounced been, by the Yankees in at least half of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the Yankees, 02, 03, 09, 2010, 2017, 04. and 04. I'm um, sorry. Yeah. Three, four. Oh, man. That's that's like a pace for like 120 wins. That, that'd be the greatest season ever. If you, I mean, that's like 150 games. If you extrapolate it out, that's, that's crazy that that they, they handle the twins like that. And it always seems to wake them up. Like how many years have we seen that? Yankee team struggling in May and then they get that home series against the twins at Yankee stadium. And then they go on this crazy run where it's like, Oh, okay, they're back. But obviously this Yankee team wasn't struggling, but they still handle their business. And regardless if it's the twins or not, because it's a weird thing. They have all different cast of characters. It's just like, I think the weirdest coincidence, but they, 
they they still just took two out of three against a first place team in their ballpark. And that that that's great, especially now, like the wins against the first place teams are just as important as teams in your division because you want to get that by. You want to make sure that you you at least knock down one of the other division winners so you get that by in the first round of the playoffs. The Yankees just came in and did that to the Twins. You mentioned they did it in their ballpark. Are you sure it's not the Yankees' ballpark? Because we're talking about records. The Yankees are now 33-13 and 13 since Target Field opened in 2010. Can you imagine being a home team and a consistent playoff team but you're 20 games under 500 against an opponent in your home stadium. That is, that is bizarre. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's, it's absolutely bizarre. And, and the, the Yankees are undefeated there in, in the postseason. They've, they've never lost a playoff game there. And, and they've played, I think, at least four of them. Yeah, well, there, there's the one game in 20... Well... Oh, no, 2009 no, yeah, was the last cause, year. Because 2009 yeah. was the last year in, in the last day. So they actually only played there once in the playoffs. But if no, it was, 2010, they won game oh, one yeah, sorry, two. sorry, yeah. And then uh, 2019, they won game three there. In a game where everything was bouncing the Yankees' way. Like, the Twins had so many hard... There was the diving catch by Didi in the ninth, the sliding, spinning grab by Torres to get out of a jam. Severino got to have a bases-loaded, no-out jam. It's... It's it's bizarre, and that and that has continued. And here we are, last night in another crazy back and forth game that was just screaming shades of uh, what was it, 2019? That crazy Ryan game, Ruko, where, man. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Ruko is there again. So it seems like anytime the Yankees are in a crazy back and forth game at Target Field, Ryan Ruko's on the call, and Aaron Hicks is hitting a big home run because he hit another huge home run. This one to uh, to what to tie the game last night. Yeah, it was. Uh... That that was a huge hit for for Hicks and for the Yanks, but I mean, I, I was I was really happy for Hicks. You could tell this as soon as he dropped the bat, he got it. Um, and I'm not there was any doubt that he got it, but that it was going to stay fair. Um, and then he comes up with a big hit later and gets another RBI. I, I I mean, for as much as he's struggled, he does have that kind of flair for the dramatic especially when it's against the, the the twins and and he had a you know he had a he had two hits and two walks in the first game of the series so i you know i, I don't know if this is what gets him going but he had you know two hits two walks in the first game two hits in the middle game and then last night um you know he has uh two hits including the huge home run so the, is this the series where hicks finally turns it around i mean can you imagine 
what happens if Hicks starts to have a normal looking season from here on out, like this would be great. And it looks like Gallo is starting to get on a little bit of a heater now too, where kind of what we talked about with that last game of the Tigers series, like this is why you have Gallo because he can wreck a game. I mean, he, without him hitting the two home runs, the Yankees don't have the Hicks doesn't have the opportunity. The Yankees don't claw back in this game. And when the Yankees claw back in games, it's because they're hitting dingers. And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, to, to have these two guys step up, uh, not only does it, not only do you you win the game, but it's also like more of like, a, it feels like a character win because you have these guys that are struggling, these guys that really need to get off the schneid, uh, pulling you up. And I'm, I'm sure that really helps the clubhouse. And I'm, I don't, I didn't see who got the belt last night, but, um, I, I know, uh, there was a great article about what the belt means to the Yankees and uh, I'm sure like Hicks or Gallo would be very deserving. Yeah. Shout out to Brendan Cuddy for that that really good article on, on the championship belt. I also missed who ever won it. I think if I had to have a vote, it would have been Licky though. But you mentioned if this series is going to get Hicks going and I'll tell you that, well, right after I say that, I hope everybody great reviews and subscribes to the Bomber Brothers podcast. But I would say that I think Hicks has actually been getting going since before this series started since May 31st. He has an OPS of 1.019 with that home run last night. And here's the big one for me. Just two strikeouts and 32 plate appearances because he was striking out in a third of his at-bats in May. And so far this month or since, you know, since what, May 31st, that's down to 7%. So I think a lot of what we were talking about when Hicks was struggling so badly was how he seemed to still be working counts. He was still getting in his normal three ball counts that he's known for since coming to the Yankees, but he was not finishing any of those at bats. Those were all resulting in, in strikeouts. And now he's cut his strikeouts way down. I mean, he, he seems effective from both sides of the plate. Even his at bat from the right side last night was a really long out to the warning track on a fly ball where Right after it was caught, I think you saw he was frustrated because he thought he had gotten all of it, and he did put a really good swing on it. So, and that came right after his his home or right after his big single that you were talking about. So, Hicks is Hicks is starting to turn it on. It looks like uh, now he he has been aided by by some luck. I mean, his multi hit game earlier in the series that you mentioned were a couple of of uh, of infield singles, but still put the ball in play and hopefully good things will happen. I mean, about 40% of his batted balls this month have been right back up the middle. So maybe he's seeing the ball a little bit better and just trying to get back into a groove. But I mean, man, if, if Hicks, if Hicks could get going, that would be huge for the Yankees because they clearly are committed to him in the outfield. I mean, they need Hicks in center field because you can't keep playing judge in center. You have to, you have to get him some rest and make sure he's, at full strength down the stretch and, and come playoff time. And speaking of the field, we, we saw Hicks even throw a rope into to nab a runner at the play. I think that was from left field though, earlier in the series, but yeah. Hicks is Hicks is looking better on, on both sides of the ball. I mean, that's, that's a huge sign for the Yankees. Yeah. He, he definitely as, as they say, looks a little bit more engaged. Uh, I mean, but we know, we know that's not the thing. It's just, it's confidence, right? It's just, it's just a matter of having confidence playing a little bit better in the field because now your bat's starting to come alive. And, and you know, that, that's the thing. If, if you're not putting the bat on the ball, you can't have good luck. It, but he's putting the ball in play and that, that's something that was, that was missing. And, you know, the Yankees had, had 
um, you know, some big sack flies in this series too. They're, they're, they're a team that's able to, to do that. And, and now Hicks is kind of joining that party. And then uh, you got your swing and miss guy in Gallo who, who manages to hit two bombs. And he also had a, you know, he had a hit in or two hits in the opening game too. So, um, you know, excited to, excited to see both of these guys get going. And then it's just a matter of time. If, if you guys, if you have them carry you for a couple of days, it's a matter of time before you get, you know, um, Donaldson or Stanton going and, and, you know, just kind of that merry-go-round keeps going on. Yeah. And then you mentioned Gallo. Let's go right back to that same date I used as a benchmark for Hicks since May 31st, Gallo 1.113 OPS. And he entering, entering last night's game over, uh, sorry, more than half of his batted balls, 55% of them were hit to the opposite field. How about that? So everyone was getting on him, especially earlier in the week. There was that story by Jesse Rogers of ESPN doing a deep dive into the shift. And he talked to Rizzo and Gallo specifically on the Yankees. He talked to Boone too, as well, but Gallo was kind of saying like, Oh, you know, the people that tell me I should just go the opposite way. I, they wouldn't be able to do it if they got in the box. I could tell you that much first. He's absolutely right. There's no way I'd be able to, I wouldn't even be able to pull it or hit it back up the middle because it's major, major league pitching. But, um, but here he is starting to take some balls the other way. We saw an opposite field single earlier in the series from Gallo. Um, also his ground ball rate in May was 37%. That's down to 11% since May 31st. So he's hitting less balls on the ground. He's starting to hit for more power. I mean, his first home run last night was an absolute no doubter. So it's, uh, trending, trending upward for Gallo and Hicks. And those were the two banes of the Yankees existence. You can say throughout the season, just because of just how badly they were. I mean, when you think about the fact that they both as pretty much everyday players had lower wars than Miguel Andohar before he got sent down when Andohar had only played in a, a handful of games this season, that's, that's alarming, but now they're trending back upward. And I totally understand and appreciate the fans that said that the experiments for Hicks and Gallo should have ended. I mean, it was a large sample size. We're talking about two months of baseball and more, more than that because Hicks was hurt much of last year and struggled really badly before he even got hurt last year. And then Gallo had been terrible since the start of the trade deadline, but bigger picture, both of these guys have respectable backs of their baseball cards. As you could say, you know, Hicks, Hicks, when healthy, has been a productive player for the Yankees. He's been a valuable player for the Yankees. We're talking about the most valuable center fielder in the American League, aside from Mike Trout in his really only full healthy season for the Yanks, which was in 2018. And then as for Gallo, you know, that's a two-time all-star right there. So I think there's a reason why the Yankees have stuck with it with them. It helps to not be it helps to not be as pressed to do something because the Yankees were holding the best record in the major leagues throughout these slumps. But this is a small sample size, but maybe, maybe a sign of, of better things to come. Maybe Gallo is finally settling into, to New York. I mean, we saw how long it took for Lindor who just started playing like an all-star again over in Queens. Maybe Hicks is finally getting past his wrist injury and starting to hundred percent trust his wrist again. It happened a lot sooner for Teixeira when he got hurt, but everybody has different recovery timelines, especially somebody like Hicks who does get hurt a lot. So you never know. Maybe, maybe this is for real. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, you know, I think we've seen, you see it in a lot of sports, struggling guy goes on the road, has a big series, and then he comes back and it's kind of like, all right, the fans are off my back. I'm not pressing. Now I'm going to take off. We saw with Tino in 96, he hits the home run against the Orioles. And then he has a, has, has a good, you know, rest, you know, five, five years with the Yanks. So, uh, yeah, and did not get off to a good start at all. <laughs> no, I just had to drop my, you know, Tino reference in on of this course. podcast, but you know, one thing with Gallo, like people oh go the other way. Like I, I never understand that. Like, look at the pitch Holmes ended the game on last night. Like, how, what are you supposed to do? You think you can aim <laughs> that you can't even touch that pitch. Like, and, and the, like, you're you're facing the peak performance from the other other side too, where the pitcher, you know, you're you're just trying to put your swing on the ball. It's like, you know, if you if you have Jeter up in a one run game with two outs and he hits the ball the other way on the ground, you're not going to be like, dude, why don't you just hit the ball 450 feet? Like, you, you know, you you don't think like hitters just have different natural swings, and you can't ask them to change. Like, you know. Um, IKF is never going to be the guy that that hits 400 foot tanks or 450 foot tanks like like Gallo does, and Gallo's not going to be the hitter like IKF that is just bat to ball and and you know kind of uh, uh, more contact but less impact or or less uh, exit velo and, and launch angle. So just hitters are different. Just you know just like pitchers are different. Like you can't tell Nestor to throw the ball 99 because he can't do that. You can't tell Gallo oh just just you know. Uh, do a little inside out swing every time. It's just, it's, it's not like that. So people need to stop that. It's, it's annoying me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. You're annoying that, Sean. Yeah. Stop and, complaining. I get annoyed very easily though. So that's not saying much, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what happens with, uh, with Gal and Hicks here as they round the corner and come home, but uh, really happy to have it a nice, a nice series win against Minnesota on the road. And, uh, and now we're coming back to Yankee stadium um, and, and play the Cubbies. That's right. I mean, real quick, before we get to that, you, you mentioned something interesting with um, how you know, nobody expects IKF or a guy like Jeter to hit a ball 430 feet. And I feel like a lot of the fan, a lot of fans across baseball gravitate more towards hitters with those tendencies, almost because it's, maybe more relatable to them. Maybe you see a guy take the ball the other way for a, a single just over the second baseman's head or something. And they're like, you know, I, I could, I could see myself doing that. Then you see a guy like Gallo hit a third deck tank to right field. And they're like, you know, I cannot do that. <laughs> so maybe it's just more of like a relatability mixed in with a little frustration of seeing a f- whole left side of a field so wide open and hitters just not able to take advantage of that. But like I mentioned earlier in the pod, Gallo's taking over half of his batted balls to the opposite field now. So 
maybe he's trying to shut you people up. And I'm, yeah, and I'm I, all I, for I it. hit bombs and strike out a lot, as you know. <laughs> yeah. that, that's my so that's that's why I like these guys. That's right. But I mean, I look, I I I, I was part of the 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 hive to get rid of Hicks and and Gallo. Oh, I me was, too. You know, last episode we were like, mm, I'd rather have Andujar, and now and and that that's what's that's what's fun of, uh, about about baseball is you just you don't know when a guy's going to find his groove and, and and turn it on. And I think like we act like we're so smart. And well, we think we're so smart. We have all these, these, these analytics and metrics, which are very telling of what has happened and what should have happened. Right. But at the same time, we don't know what's going on with a specific player and, and what happens next. And I think we do have to give credit to the Yankees and, and, you know, a lot, a lot of teams that make these moves that maybe we don't understand and work out like they're playing with a different deck than we're playing from the outside looking in. And, and then as fans, we kind of get to enjoy that. And that's, what's always so fun to me is like, you have this expectation based on everything that you're seeing, everything that you're reading, everything that you're analyzing. And then something could change because Gallo gets, I don't know, a little bit more confidence. Hicks feels like he can let it fly a little bit more with his wrist. Who knows what it is. It turns around and then you're just as a fan, you're like, this is awesome. Like I'm super surprised. So, um, you know, I was annoyed about the other thing, but I'm really, uh, you know, this, this gets me excited. Good, good. Glad to hear you're excited. And now let's look forward to another another series coming up here. And again, listening to the Bomber Brothers podcast, make sure you you rate, review, and subscribe for recaps and previews of every series. So twice a week. And let's let's preview another one. Not much to preview. I mean, the Cubs have yet to even announce their pitching for the series, and that's understandable because their pitching has been uh, pretty much an absolute wreck so far this season. They pitchers have a four four zero ERA. That's twenty sixth in the league. Um, but Sean, the Cubs, while they're ten games under five hundred and have lost three in a row, they're also top ten in the league in team OPS. So they they can hit somewhat. We'll see. Maybe that is inflated even more in a stadium like, like Yankee stadium. But I mean, we well, don't have, is a good hitting park too. That, that's, that's fair. Um, but we don't even have to see the probables for Chicago to say that the pitching situation is going to be slanted in the Yankees favor. I mean, you got Severino on Friday. He's looking better and better each time out. Uh, Montgomery also been phenomenal. He's going Saturday. So, I mean, the, this, this should be at the least, a series win for the Yankees while a sweep would certainly be appreciated because let's face it, this Cubs team is, is a bad team. They're not good. Yeah. It's a, it, the Yankee bats are clicking. The Cubs rotation is not, I think you might get Seve Stroman tonight, which would be who's not been good. His ERA is near what five and a half this season. I think, I think, yeah, two starts ago, he had a good start and then he got absolutely shelled his last time out. So, I mean, we'll see. I, do you, do you think uh, this is a, this is a good, I mean, it doesn't feel like it because of the record of the Cubs, but like you said, the Cubs offense is, is decent. Do you feel like this is going to be um, a bounce back series for the Yankees rotation, or do you think they're going to continue a little bit of regression and the Yankee bats are going to have to carry them? No, I think this is a bounce. I think this is a bounce back candidate because Severino has been trending upward as he gets further and further away from his surgery and more and more uh, strength getting built back into that arm. I think he's going to be solid and, uh, as as long as the Yankee defense plays closer to its season um, season records rather than recent play in Minnesota, I think that would play very well for Montgomery too, because he uh, you know he obviously relies on a lot of defense with how he pitches, and I think maybe back at home 
maybe a more ideal time of night for the, for the Yankees. The uh, defense will be the defense will be better. So I'm 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 looking at at a bounce back again. We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. The Yankees have been the best rotation in baseball all season. So one three game stretch is is not going to leave me saying, "Oh, told you this." Uh, this rotation was overrated. This was just a, a good stretch. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not going to sit here and believe that all five Yankee starters just both went through this uh, very tease of a stretch when they have a pitching coach that everybody raves about. So I think that it's much more likely that the Yankees' uh, effectiveness in the rotation is for real. I think it's totally fair to say that they weren't going to put up the numbers that they had been posting up until this Minnesota series for a full season, but I think they're still very, very good. So I'm looking, looking for a bounce, bounce back series for the Yankee arms. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't see why not. I, the, the only concern you have is they have been pitching a lot of innings, which they've wanted to do. Is there any fatigue factor in there? I think the only one I worry about that with is Sevy, um, because he's working his way back. Uh, Tyone did log, you know, enough innings last year where I'm comfortable with him uh, at this point uh, with the workload, but we'll see. I mean, I look, I, you know, the, the series is uh, against the Cubs is slanted in the Yankees favor. I know the Cubs are a, a sexy name, but they're, they're not a, a really a very good team. So I, I, I would expect the Yankee bats, especially with the warmer weather now to keep rolling and to, uh, to, to and look, you you might get a couple of you know, heaven forbid, the Yankees give up maybe three runs in, in a couple games here, but I think <laughs> the the offense will, will pick it up, and we'll see a a very good uh, turn through the rotation here coming up. Yeah, I agree. I think this should be I think this should be a series where the Yankees take care of business, and honestly, it would be very helpful if they were to take care of business. Again, you know, they have a seven game lead in, in the division, so that's it's not fair to say that the Yankees need to be winning this series against the Cubs. I mean, hiccups do happen, but if you look after this series, you got the day off on Monday and then the Yankees go three at three home against Tampa, three on the road against Toronto, three on the road against Tampa, and then four on the road against Houston. So schedule's about to get a lot tougher. The Yankees are going to need to step up and, and uh, play even better if they're going to continue to thrive under that stretch. But we'll be here to talk about this Cubs series again on Monday after the series. I hope everybody enjoys it. Sean, good catching up as always. We'll talk to everybody next week. Well, we didn't pick a, a belt winner, so really quick. Oh, geez. Okay, yeah. This is important after the, the article that we read. Yeah. Gallo. I'm, I'm, I'm giving the belt last series to Hicks because I thought he was a consistent series. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – I'm stubborn. I'm picking Stanton again. I'm going Stanton against – against the Cubs. I'm going Gallo. He keeps heating up and feasts on the short porch. All right. Well, with that, let's talk to you later, everybody, and let's go Yanks.